Welcome to Unapologetically Me with your host, Felicia Schenken. This program is designed to bring you great resources in conjunction with the website phillywnc.org to help you break free from the standard flow of work life and become the person you aspire to be. Now, here is your host, Felicia Schenken. Hello, and welcome back to Unapologetically Me. I am your host, Felicia Schenken. Hello, July, and hello around the globe. Thank you for joining us today. I love this month for so many reasons. One, because it's my birthday month, and two, because it really signifies summer. And I am a beach baby bum, so I love being anywhere near the water and having those lazy, hazy days. And for those that don't understand a lazy, hazy, it's a United States slang thing, so don't worry about it. So today we have a guest, a great guest, that I'm going to be bringing on shortly. I try to mix up my audience between men and women because I think it's important to hear about things from a man's point of view from time to time. So for those that don't know, I am the founder of a women's group, the Philadelphia Women's Network Connection. And even though our focus is mainly on business women, we do have events that all are invited to. So our guest today is a global speaker, author, trainer, and founder of You Evolving Now. He worked as a mental health therapist for 19 years, was an employee, business owner, and self-employed, and played sports at every level from high school to professional. He has lived in inner city row homes. And I didn't know what row homes were until I moved to Philadelphia because I'm originally from New York. So I'm like, row homes, what's this? So that's when I found that out. To luxury homes. He's been married, divorced, and remarried, has written four books. And most recently, his newest book, which we're going to be talking about later, is The Leader's Toolbox. One of his mantras is, no matter where you go, people are the same as they are different. And most would like to evolve professionally and personally, but are too busy being their definition of busy to do. So please help me welcome my guest, Andre Young. Welcome, Andre. How are you? Oh, Felicia, thank you so much for having me and that intro. I also love the sunny and hazy days as well of summer. <laughs> and uh, you guys listening, thank you for making time to uh, listen to me today. I appreciate it. Thank you again for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's my honor because I know you do a lot of things. You're busy and, you know, I'm just trying to lock you down and, and get you whenever I can. So I mentioned that you worked in the healthcare field uh, mm -hmm. for another healthcare. I've worked also in the healthcare field for over 25 years. So I'm kind of dating myself there. So I know what that's like. So you was there for 19 years as a mental health therapist yes. before becoming a full-time entrepreneur. What made you change over? Oh, you know, the changeover was for reasons both professionally and personally. Uh, I loved the job of being a mental health therapist. I love being able to sit down with people, make great connections, and walk with them through a journey. It wasn't my job to drag anyone, but I loved walking that journey no matter where they were and what they needed. Um, however, you know, 19 years in, I started to burn out. And I burnt out for a lot of different reasons. Uh, I burnt out with, uh, you know, being in, because I did it in every level. So I worked in alternative schools. I worked in people's homes. I did psych wards. I, I did a lot of things, everything but addiction. And over time, it burnt me out, never because of the client. Um, it was the leadership and the way that the system started to poorly take care of the caregiver. 
Right. And if you are in a caregiving profession, you're on the front line of that. One of the people who take care of themselves the least are the people on the front line caregiving. That's right. (laughs) So I was giving all of myself and, you know, 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day, not taking care of myself. And then we, I experienced leadership change. And as things changed, I didn't like, enjoy, or respect where it was going. And here's a leadership tip. Although Felicia and God's listening, I was right about every single thing that I was <laughs> complaining about, venting about, frustrated about. I became so wrong about how often I did it, who I did it to, and how I disconnected from my team, my staff, and the clients because of it. So I've been on both sides of a lot of things. I've been the world's best employee at one point, says me. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And I became the world's worst employee through organizational change, things I didn't like or respect. So, you know, a lot of the things that I get to talk about is because I've been on both sides, but I really did love it. And um, so that was the professional aspect that made me go through change. Right. Um, the personal aspect is I went through a divorce around that time, like, you know, you know almost 15, 16 years in. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, going through that allowed me to wake up as a person and as a man. And I used to say, well, I was a great dad. Mm -hmm. Put a lot of value in that. And you'll hear that with a lot of moms. I'm a great mom. But it's not okay to be great at one role because I realized I couldn't be a great dad if I wasn't being a great husband. Right. Okay. And I wasn't being a great husband. I did a lot of things good. I I did some things bad. I, there's things I could have improved on, but going through a divorce woke me up to all of that. Right. And it allowed me, I said, I wanted to create an organization that people at that time, men, and then it evolved to women and youth and you know now eventually what it is today, uh, that you can come here and go home better mm-hmm. and not simply relieved from a boy's night out. Right. I love it. I love it. You know, I think too, for, medical professionals, it's easier for us to transition over to entrepreneurship because entrepreneurship is all about serving, Mm. being there, giving of yourself for others, being there for others. And in the healthcare field, it's the same thing. It's about serving. I remember on a couple of interviews I had, people would say say to me, um, how easy was it for you to transition from the medical field into entrepreneurship? And I said, of course, it was very easy. But I, like you, I work for the government. Uh, For nine and a half years, I worked for the Department of Veteran Affairs on the weekends, and I saw so many changes. Uh, I love working with the vets, but the higher ups, that's what I couldn't deal with. And I just got to a point. I was like, you know what? It's time to move on and do something differently. Um, It's funny, Felicia, if I could share on that, because what I learned as I started my own company, as I moved up and got promotions, a lot of times the changes that we were complaining about as frontline the leader above you didn't like it either. No. They didn't agree either. They just got into <laughs> arguing about how dumb it was and how they were going to sell it to their team. But it was their job to deliver it with a smile. And I didn't learn that until I was put in positions of leadership, until right. I led my own company. And you're so right about that shift between serving and entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I'm very oppositional by nature. Okay? <laughs> and I struggled in school because of that. And one of the things that really allowed me and you, as I'm sure everybody starting as an entrepreneur, the same things that I was saying and I get paid for now, mm-hmm. I was saying before. 
But because I was frontline, it wasn't evidence-based practice. Who are you to have this opinion? How do you know? uh, Now you're uh, uh, a cog in the system for saying this thing. The same thing that I was saying back then, I'm saying now and more evolved and enhanced and, you know, it's elaborated more. I'm saying the same thing. Isn't that something? It it goes full circle. It's funny because you brought up one of my questions was going to be uh, about marriage and being remarried. And since you already opened up that box, (laughs) I'm going to go to that question next. But, um, you know, I love the fact that you're transparent and that you share things about yourself that most men, I wouldn't say don't share but really don't like talking about. So you mentioned that you were married, you got divorced and remarried, and uh, you have a beautiful wife and four children. Uh, I see them on Facebook all the time. Okay, you started touching a little bit on some of the lessons you learned during this transition. And do you feel you came out on the other side a better person? And if you did, why? Oh, absolutely. well, first is is knowing why you failed. I mean, I was an athlete for many years, and one of the things that after a game you have that sudden that that Monday game film, and you got to look at it. And at that time, <laughs> our coaches we got graded A through F on every play we played, every snap. Mm. So you can enjoy your successes, but you better understand why you failed. So going through a divorce, I realized that number one. Most people make the same rookie mistake. And I made it. Right. I was so unaware of who I was as a person. Hmm. And most people with their unknown self will stand at an altar with somebody else that doesn't know themselves, make vows to somebody else before ever making vows to themselves personally and marrying you first. Right. And then hoping that everything goes well. And to be very honest, I didn't know myself. And ultimately, I didn't know how to love. Okay. Now, my books on leadership, my last two books, Seven Way, you know, The Leader Seven mm-hmm. and The Leader's Toolbox, are all on leadership and work life harmony. Okay. My second book, nobody knows about. And it's called Seven Ways to Love. And I didn't learn it until after my divorce. Wow. So I didn't know how to love. And, can, and, and knowing how to love means one, love is not simply a feeling. And too many times, I was in a relationship and people are in relationships because they're depending on the feeling of love. Love is a verb. It's something that you do. And we must be willing to do love even when we're not feeling love. Right. And I didn't know how to do that. So as long as everything was going my way and I was getting what I thought I deserved, that's a bully word, and people were acting the way they should act given my definition of should. These are all bully words, but Mm -hmm. if can't try just only should deserve and happy, I was using that poor language. So I'm justifying in my mind why I'm right. I didn't know I was wrong. I really didn't know that I was wrong. The things I was saying, expecting and behaving, I really didn't know. And then you hit a point. I hit a point that even when I knew I was wrong, I stopped caring. Yeah. So I didn't know how to love. I didn't know how to be a dream leader. I didn't know or was willing to know my wife's at that time, her dream. And then how do I help her fulfill it or at least cheer her on while she does it? I didn't know how to be bobblehead free. Hmm. Bobblehead free means there's people right now in your life that you can go to. And first off, we all, we, most people vent poorly. Right. Something's going on in your relationship. Everyone that comes inside your 18 inches of personal space will get your story. I know. (laughs) 
<laughs> not only will they get your story, but you'll get bobbleheaded to death, like oh, bobbing their head about how right you are, and I would do this, and you should do this, only to send you back more righteously wrong to that relationship. Right. And now, not only, and here's the mental health coming out, not only did you just get bobbleheaded, but what you think about all day impacts how you feel, then what you do, and then the consequences thereafter. Mm-hmm. You cannot go talking poorly about your relationship, your job, your life, your wife, your kids, your husband all day, and then go skip back to it and love it. It compounds over time. Right. Right. So I didn't know the bully language. I didn't know how to be a dream leader. I didn't know how to be bobblehead free. Uh, I didn't know how to, um, what I call relationship meetings. Mm-hmm. You run a business as an entrepreneur, you better have some meetings with your team. That's right. However, the only time we meet with our significant other is mid fight because we've been storing up feelings or think we can blurt out whatever we want because we can. Right. So there were so many things that I didn't know about how to love. And eventually, you know, it, it got me. However, it was the best thing that ever happened because it woke me up in so many ways. And now I like to say that my wife now has gotten the best version of me. Right. Uh, but I and my kids and my ex-wife had to pay the price of that. Yeah, because, you know, we all come with baggage. Mm-hmm. We all do. We bring that into the relationship, whatever it is. And I like that you said you didn't know you. You have to love you first. Because mm-hmm. how can you love someone else if you don't love you? You can't give them the best of you if you're not the best of you. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And- so I-, I can understand exactly where you're coming from, but you were about to say something. I'm sorry. But you have to also love through change. Yes. And I say, look, change is inevitable. Growth is a choice. Mm-hmm. If you're only loving the person that they met and they have to stay that exact same way mm-hmm. or else you're not going to love them anymore, that's not love. That's not doing love because they're going to change leaders. Mm-hmm. And I talk about leader. Anybody can be a leader when they choose to be. So whether it's professionally or personally, leaders anticipate change. There's some things about your significant other that are going to change. Some you love, some, some, some of the things you don't like. Right. And I love you through it. Right. And I already anticipated coming. Mm-hmm. And then how am I going to be regardless of how you are? I love it. You know, I told my husband, neither one of us have been married before. Um, we both got married in later age. We got married in our forties. And I told him, I said, first of all, it's one and done. Uh, you know, I said, I would hate to be single out here now. Mm-hmm. One, because there's nothing out here. And, and two, we're living in a different time. We're living in a different space. Uh, you know, people get married and they have arguments and all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, let's get a divorce. We can't work this out. I know what I have. I know the flaws. I know the flaws that I have. I'd rather work through that with you. Mm-hmm. I didn't stay with you for 12 years to make you better for someone else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I made you into the person that I can respect and I can love and him too. You know, uh, like you said, one of the things you said that I loved is you can be married for someone for 50 years. And they might get up in the morning and scratch in a certain place. And you never even saw that. And you're like, wow, I didn't know you scratched there. Or uh, one day they decided to eat something that they didn't like. And you're like, well, you've been telling me all these years you don't like eggs, but you're sitting there eating egg salad. People change. And you have to my my grandmother. One of the sayings she used to say was a leopard never changes their spots. They just twist them around. Hmm. So a person 
I don't know why these people, the millennials, Gen X's, Gen Z's, and even some baby boomers think that just because you marry someone, they're going to change. What you see is what you get. There's a saying that Maya Angelou say, you know, and, and I'm sure that you know what it is. When people show you who they are, believe them, believe them. I tell, I tell people, and I have four kids, right? And I tell my older kids, listen, um, most people are not lying to you about who they are. Very few, there, I did mental health therapy for 19 years. I bumped into and worked with two monsters, two in 20 <laughs> years. So okay. they, monsters do exist. However, it's rare. Most people are not scheming and lying about who they are to try to get, most people aren't. They are being exactly who they are. You, we either thought that they would change. Right. Or we could change them or um, we can deal with it. So either you thought they would change, you could change them, or you could deal with it. They are who they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the whole, you know, chemicals in the brain, you know, is, you know, uh, equated to being addicted to drugs when you're falling in love. That's why you're out of control. You're falling in love. Right. And you could be blinded to it, but most people aren't lying. So we <laughs> have to be more aware about who we are uh, and, and see the red flags and, you know, and, and, and be able to trust your gut, like trust your gut, trust yourself. You were typically right. You know? right but then right. once you accept it, you can't. And this is what most people do. We can't go blaming them for being how they've always been. Exactly. So you're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to now say this is enough. You're allowed to now say this isn't healthy for me. This isn't where I want to go. But typically we don't do that because we don't want to be the bad guy. And now we start uh, because we're evolving. You're evolving. And I would say very carefully, please do never, never let your evolution elevate your ego. Wow. And because now the- you're evolving. <laughs> you're ready. Your, your eyes are up. You're, you're awoke now. And you're like, OK. But now you start looking down on them. And now it's easy to start saying you're not this and you're not that. And look at me and look what you need to do. And now, even though you're the one evolved, you're the one abusing. Exactly. They're allowed to stay the same. They, you changed. Wonderful. And on that note, (laughs) we have to go and pay some bills, but we are going to be back with the wonderful Andre. I'm loving this conversation. We'll be right back. Philadelphia Women's Network Connection is a premier women's networking group. We help professional businesswomen and solo women entrepreneurs who lack exposure in the marketplace learn how to find untapped resources to grow their business and find connections with professionals that get proven results. If you're ready to become a full-time entrepreneur, we're ready to support you with a variety of resources. Visit phillywnc.org to get started. That's phillywnc.org. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Unapologetically Me with host Felicia Schenken. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please send an email to unapologeticallyme50 at gmail.com. That's unapologeticallyme50 at gmail.com. And now back to Unapologetically Me. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Felicia Shankin, and you are listening to Unapologetically Me. We have a great 
guest today, Andre Young, and we're just talking about some wonderful things. Uh, but Andre, the next question I want to ask you, um, so you're the founder, your company is called You Evolving Now. First of all, I love the name. I want you to know that. And I want to know what inspired you to call your company You Evolving Now? <laughs> I'm giggling because it's such a great question and thank you. But everything that I do now, I initially resisted with all my might. I never wanted to be a writer. And now wow. I can't stop writing. I resisted it with all my might. I, I didn't want to stand up and start talking. I didn't want to speak. And now I can't shut up. And I didn't want to name it You Evolving Now. Um, <laughs> so when I first started, as I mentioned before, it was a men's group. And it was men evolving now. And then we had divisions, women evolving now. And then we had young men and women evolving now for youth and all of this. And my daughter, who's now 22, depending on when you're listening to this. So many years ago, she's standing over my shoulder mm. at my computer and said, Dad, you should call this you evolving now because it's for everyone. Wow. And my immediate response was, oh, I don't like that because I was calling the acronym men evolving now men. Oh, okay. And then I had women for that. So I was so used to the acronym. I'm like, how am I going to call this yen? <laughs> <laughs> so I was stuck. And of course, like so many things, my daughter was right. Of course. And I, it, was, it was probably about a year or two later. I was like, you know what? You evolving now and incorporates because my business kept evolving and no longer was servicing the way it was. And I was going more into uh, corporate and doing leadership and work-life harmony trainings. And men and women, I kept having to explain what that was. You evolving now was so much of a verb. It felt like it was you. And it, it just had everything in it. Right. So that's how the name came. And I, resist, <laughs> I still remember <laughs> the day just resisting it. And she just walked away like, oh, and uh, it stuck. And now it's here. Yeah, now it's here. Hey, there you go. Out of the mouth of babes, right? <laughs> <laughs> So you're an author of four books and most recently another book, which is available now for pre-order for December to receive in December, um, The Leader's Toolbox. I love the title because when I think of toolbox, it says to me that everything I need is right here mm. and accessible. So mm. share with us what this book is about and what motivated you to write it. If I'm correct, you mentioned before that this was the sequel from seven years ago of the book, The Leader's Seven. Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. What motivated me to write it? One, I never know what book is coming next for me. Um, I got in the habit years ago of, uh, I said I was fighting the writing thing. I didn't want to write when I created my website. However, a great friend of mine said, listen, you're going to have to write once a week. So I started writing once a week and that's become four books. Wow. So I never really know what it is. When I wrote seven ways to lead, um, I wrote that, uh, and, it really features the seven languages that your people need, want, and benefit most hearing from leadership. That's the big feature in there, but it walks through being a new leader up to being a leader and work-life harmony. So like I mentioned, you could be the CEO, middle right. management, frontline, or uh, Joe Blow sitting on the couch. And you could pick <laughs> up this book and be better professionally and personally. When I wrote The Leader's Toolbox, what I found was I was doing speaking engagements globally. I'm going to organizations with their leaders, middle management, frontline, and they're asking questions about things or I'm elaborating on things. I keep writing and it just content keeps just coming, 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 addressing their biggest need. When I go to any organization, my first question is, what do you want to get out of bringing someone like me in? 
Mm-hmm. And when I do my speaking engagement or training, what do you want to get out of it? This is what we're going to talk about. But now you answering that question gets me to say, hey, it's already in there. Right. Or I can customize on the fly. Hmm. This book, The Leader's Toolbox, is, is that customization. These are all of the things that go into enhancing your people. I call these your three Ps. Okay. Your leaders enhance their people and themselves, mm-hmm. their passion and that of their people, hmm. and then the production and processes of things. Wow. You start enhancing those. Now, there's so many things underneath each of those three Ps. And that's what this book does. So the leader's toolbox, you have to be or want to be in a professional position of leadership for this book. You know, this book is for you and right. it's a toolbox. And I, you, know, you already have things that you're doing well. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to tell you that it's wrong. I want to help enhance that and put that on steroids for you. <laughs> or let's add more to your toolbox. Right. Because most leaders lead lazy. We love lazy. So mm-hmm. I'm going to love my language and I'm going to speak it to you. But if that is not your language, you're going to have a problem eventually. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lead with my way. And if that's not your way, then we might have heck to pay at some point. <laughs> at some point. You can broaden your toolbox and now, hey, I have a tool for that. Hey, I have a tool for this. I have a tool for that. So that's what uh, this book really does. It enhances the heck out of your toolbox. I love it. I love it. So you wrote four books. What was the, the, the name of your first book? The first one is like my my first baby. (laughs) And it's hard to call it a book because it's so different from the rest. So my first book is called Evolve. Okay. When I was a kid, I had a a vision. Hmm. It was in my mind to create a book that had a question mark on the cover. Hmm. That was it, a question mark on the cover. And it was a book full of questions. And... I was sitting down 2015. I was sitting down with a friend of mine at the time. And I told him this vision. I said, yeah, I was going to write a book with a compilation of quotes and questions. Mm -hmm. And he asked me the best question that I ever heard at that time. Why not? Exactly. And Felicia, I didn't have an answer good enough to give him because any answer that you give when somebody says that to you, Mm -hmm. it would be crapping all over yourself of why you can't do something. That's right. I couldn't. I couldn't come up with a good answer. So I went home and wrote it. So at that time, at 2011, I, when I started my, unofficially my business, it really became a business in 2014, mm-hmm. but I was coming up with a quote to put out to the world every day. And then I would come up with a question to go along with the quote the next morning. Hmm. So that's what that book is about. It's a short, small coffee table book that anyone can pick up, open it up, see a quote, but also ask that question. And a lot of the questions end with, do you know your partner's answer? Do you know your kid's answer? And on my app, one time a week, we do a question of the week because so many people are simply stuck in the rut of the same conversation with themselves, with their significant others, with their employees, employers. So I put out a question every week and I ended with, do you know your partner's answer? Do you know your kid's answer? Do you know your people's answer? Have Mm. a different conversation. It's amazing what you'll find out. You're right. You're right. You're right. You know, a lot of people, uh, especially in business, you know, they like, what are your demographics and who are your people? And, you know, what is it that they want? What is it that your people want? What is it that, you know, my coach, she said to me, um, she's like, you have to find the pain points of people. 
You have to find the pain points. You have to first make it relatable because people like you, like me, they see us moving and doing things and and building our businesses. And they're like, oh, I can't be like an Andre. I can't be like a Felicia. You know, you know, yes, you can. Yes, you can. The difference between you and I, I made a decision. Mm -hmm. I made a decision. Mm-hmm. That's all. And I work my butt off every day to be better than I was the day before. So I can leave this world knowing that I created an impact. I'm a very spiritual person. And one of the things that I say is when I leave this world, I want to use up all the gifts that God gave me. Mm. So when I sit there mm. and I'm in front of him, I hope that I'll be in front of him. <laughs> that, <laughs> that he'll say to me, you know, well done. Well done. Uh, and, and I can say, God, I'm empty. Everything you gave me to give, I have given, and then some. So I, I can totally relate to, um, you know, it always starts with the first book, but you went from the first book and then you went to your second one, which you had mentioned about love. And that was going when you were going through your divorce, when you were changing, when you were evolving, yeah. that word again. Um, and then you went to your third book, um, The Leader Seven. What is that about? You really didn't talk about that. Yeah, uh, Seven Ways to Lead um, is the seven things that I've found that leaders, when so a leader's gratitude, uh, a leader's uh, confidence. Most leaders are not as confident as you would believe their title would make them. Tell me about it. <laughs> right? Okay. A leader's risk. How do you take risks? So there's seven things, but way seven is the leader seven. And it's the seven languages your people need, want, and benefit most hearing. So there's seven professional languages. Okay. We as leaders must be able to speak all seven. However, each of your people has a top one or two. And so do you. Mm. We will tend to lead with our top two. For instance, mine now, because it can change over time. So you use it, use it, you got to ask every year. Right. My top two languages is flexibility and respect. Mm. I want to be able to work in a flexible manner, have my ideas flexibly implemented, and I want respect. So tone of voice, email etiquette, all of those things is big for me. And when I first created this, I thought that everyone else on the planet, their top two would be respect and something else. No, no. I was wrong. I yep. I'd stand in front of 100 people, 1,000 people. There's so many different variations, mm-hmm. but nobody knew what they were. They didn't even know what they were. And so I asked, let alone the person standing next to them or sitting next to them in that group or on their team. And one of the most dangerous things that we can do is lead with somebody else's old language. So here's the seven really quickly. Okay. Number one, goody time. There's employees and, and leaders that are highly motivated and impacted, inspired by goody time, the treats on your desk, hoagie day, uh, pizza time. <laughs> I stayed in the job two months too long, not making any money because they had a great lunch spread. <laughs> and that's not a joke. That is a true story. So goody time. <laughs> you have quality minutes. This is that employee that wants to have a couple minutes conversation with the, with the boss that has nothing to do with work. Mm. You have recognition and affirmation, the pat on the back, knowledge and or advancement. Some employees want to be you one day. Right. They want to know what you know and sit in your seat. Mm-hmm. However, knowledge and or advancement. Some people want knowledge, but they don't want to advance. They're right. fine right where they are. Can we reward them by speaking their language? Mm. Then you have incentives. The employee that's motivated by incentives and bonuses and things like that. Even company rings, like people on Facebook got their company ring in the, in the right. screen. Hard <laughs> and loving it. Incentives. You know, <laughs> then you have flexibility and respect. Mm. I, as a leader, you as a leader have to know how to speak all seven in casual times as you walk through the office, doing remote work, 
emails, Zoom calls, but you also have to be able to use their language in tough conversations that you must be willing to have. Right. So uh, really quick story. My last job as an employee, I left mental health. And for three years, I was floating around jobs. I wanted front level jobs, frontline mm-hmm. jobs, because it allowed me flexibility a Monday or Tuesday off. That 48 hours, I could work unabated on my business story in the week. Wow. So that's why I took it. And it allowed me to, you know, I once had a team. I have a business. My book was in Barnes & Noble connected to Bob's Discount Furniture when I was working. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but I got to see that this worked top down, but it also worked bottom up. Right. So I'm standing there on a Saturday. I am at that moment missing my son's football game. Mm. My boss came to me and said, Andre, we want to, we love having great people like you here. We want to get you promoted and moved up and dot, dot, dot. I lost what he was saying. I have great respect for the guy. He's an awesome right. gentleman. Right. However, he was speaking to me from knowledge and advancement. Mm. Had he known that I was flexibility and respect, the conversation would have went different because I'm looking at him like, so I can get promoted and still be you. Right. And still be here on a Saturday wearing a suit and missing my son's game. Exactly. No, exactly. thank you. Had he known that was flexibility, he would have said, Andre, we want to keep great people like you. What do you love about being here? And what would you find too? Mm. We would have had a whole different conversation. Well, I love being here because it makes me feel like I'm, I'm playing sports again. I got my locker in the back. I'm going to go earn my worth as a salesman. Let's go get it. Mm-hmm. I love that. However, what I would fine tune is we have rovers on Mars right now. Right. We can't get floating weekends at Bob's. <laughs> <laughs> now, maybe he could have did something about it. Maybe not. But instead, we had no conversation and I quit. Mm. Know your people's languages. And now maybe a tough conversation. Let's say maybe I'm coming in late. I wouldn't, but maybe I did. Mm-hmm. Hey, Andre. Hey, we love having great people like this here. And people seem to like you. You're doing great on sales. You mentioned your language was flexibility. It's going to be hard for us being this flexible with you coming in at 1230 every day. Can you right. help me to understand what's going on with that? Right. That's how you have the tough conversation. So that's what that book is really about. And it really walks you through so many levels of leadership mm. uh, and work-life harmony. Because it'd be a shame to love going to work and be successful at work, but hating your life going home. Oh, yeah, I know. You you have to have that harmony. It's so important. You know, it's funny because uh, the story, you know, if if you get a chance to watch TV and if you I say if, um, you know, you see some of these programs where the husband might be sitting outside in the car or -hmm. the wife is sitting outside in the car and you don't want to go in the house Mm -hmm. because for so many reasons of what's going on, you have to have that balance. That's one of the reasons why I left the Department of Veteran Affairs and it was a great paying job. I mean, I was working on the weekends, making a full person salary, but every weekend, yes, nine and a half years, yes, I was a newlywed. Yes. I didn't get time to spend with my husband. The things that I missed, you know, uh, the times that him and I, especially being a newlywed, that's the time when you're getting to know one another and trying to build a life. It just took so much from me. And I, like you, uh, I stayed there two years longer than I wanted to, not because of the lunch spreads or anything, (laughs) (laughs) but because of fear. You know, that fear is very crippling. It's a real word. It's a true word. And oftentimes it can creep in when you least expect it. But what I learned that when I got past fight through the fear anyway and do it, 
all the doors opened up, yes. including me starting the Philadelphia Women's Network Connection. Because when I started it, I knew nothing about running a women's group, yeah. especially building it from the ground up. You know, uh, you know about building businesses from the ground up. When you wrote that first book, your first baby, you had no idea that it was going to bring you to four books now, yeah. um, you know, and then more. I'm sure there's going to be more coming from you, but we're going to be going to break shortly. So I'm not going to be getting into a long conversation, but what I want to um, ask you is that I see you traveling everywhere doing training and speaking engagements. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you do in your downtime and how important is it to have downtime? So we can start that. And then if we go to commercial, when we come back for commercial, we can continue. Things that I enjoy. However, I know when I need them and it's best to take it before you need it. Right. Um, so for me, I like going to the gym. <laughs> and one of the reasons is, an hour where it's all about me. I have four kids. I've lived the most unspontaneous life in the world. You know, I have my assistant. I look at my schedule. I know where I'm going. Like, she's awesome, you know, so, but I don't have a spontaneous life. So the gym is the one of the only times for an hour. It's all about me. I love that. I have never had a bad time with a cigar in one hand and a drink in another. Oh, I love it. <laughs> now, I don't do it every day, but dang on it when I do, it's great. And I know when I need it and I set aside time. I also have a once a month thing that I do with friends. Mm-hmm. So I have uh, some entrepreneurial friends, mm-hmm. people that, you know, I have a rule how I hang out and who I hang out with. I want to feel fun, inspired, ideal filled and motivated before I hang out with you while I'm hanging out with you. And after I've hung out with you. Right. And if that's not the case, we don't hang out. So every other month I get with those entrepreneur type friends and it's in my calendar. It's in my schedule. It's not spontaneous. I don't have time for that. So we book it and it's in my calendar with alerts. I don't miss it. We don't miss it. And then on those alternating months, my high school and college friends. Now it's three or four. It's not a lot. Mm-hmm. Wow. Can you imagine? I'm 45. You still mm-hmm. got friends from high school and college like that. They mean something to you. So in those moments, although they may not have their own business, it's the time where I'd simply get to sit back and be dragged. I am not an author. I'm not a globe traveler. I'm Dre. And I sit back and giggle like we're in high school and I'm quiet. I don't have to lead anything. And it's so much fun. And that's That's, in my calendar. That's awesome. And we'll talk a little more about that when we come back. We're about to go to break. So we'll see you when you come back. Philadelphia Women's Network Connection is a premier women's networking group. We help professional businesswomen and solo women entrepreneurs who lack exposure in the marketplace learn how to find untapped resources to grow their business and find connections with professionals that get proven results. If you're ready to become a full-time entrepreneur, we're ready to support you with a variety of resources. Visit phillywnc.org to get started. That's phillywnc.org. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Unapologetically Me with host Felicia Schenken. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please send an email to unapologeticallyme50 at gmail.com. That's unapologeticallyme50 at gmail.com. And now back to Unapologetically Me. 
Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm Felicia Shankin, your host of Unapologetically Me. We're having a great conversation today with Andre Young, international speaker, author. So before we went to break, we were talking about Andre's downtime and things that he loves to do. So let's pick up from there. Uh, I, I love the downtime of spending time with my kids. So depending on when you're listening to this, you know, my kids are 22, 19, 14, and three years old. Yes, wow. you did hear me correctly. I, <laughs> I did that, okay? Wow. Um, and I know I used to, and I don't anymore. And I know a lot of parents, it can be, you know, you work at your job or you're an entrepreneur, you have your business. And then all of a sudden around four or five o'clock, you become a professional Uber driver as you're Ubering your kids everywhere they need to be. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and, you know, I know there's a lot of people, you know, I, I use two different terms. I used to say I have to do these things. No, I have now changed that to I get to. Because mm. years ago when I was an employee, I was trying to figure out this entrepreneur thing and I'm working every weekend and missing everything and busting my butt and didn't have any money and uh, going through a divorce, all of that. This is everything I prayed for. Right. How dare I sit back now and talk about what I have to do and make my kids feel like a burden, especially if you live in the suburbs. Right. I grew up in inner city Philly. I needed my parents for shelter and food, <laughs> but I can get to everywhere I needed to go because the bus, the train, walk in the suburbs. My kids need me to take them places before they drive. So I, I now say I get to do these things. I get to. It's an honor because one day they're going to be old. I have older kids and I barely see them because of the life they're living and they're working there in college. And right. They got boyfriends and girlfriends and all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. I get to do this. And the other thing is I'm big on, especially professionally. Mm -hmm. There's too many people TGIFing. Yeah. TGIFing Monday through Thursday mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as if your Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is really that great. <laughs> right. So I'm TGITing. Thank goodness it's today. Yeah, every day is a gift. So when my downtime, I love taking my son to football practice and going to training and his sessions. And we travel the country. He's 14. He's a uh, quarterback. He wants to play for University of Alabama. Let's nice. go. Let's go get this. Yes. Um, my older son likes going to the movies. My daughter likes watching psychological thrillers. My three-year-old, <laughs> she loves painting with daddy at 11 a.m. You know, we watch motivational videos. I cook her breakfast and things like that. Mm -hmm. Now I'm working. She right. doesn't care about this mega deal I'm about to close or this email <laughs> I have to send. So it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. How dare I not love it? Yes, yes, How it's a I blessing. You know what? I think the wake-up call for a lot of parents is when COVID hit mm -hmm. because they had to spend time with their children now. Mm -hmm. You know, they were so used to shipping them off to school and letting the teacher raise them and, and be with them and everything like that. But a lot of, and it's a shame to say, a lot of parents had a hard time with their children being home during COVID. Yeah. They really did. They didn't know what to do. They, they, they kind of like fell apart and panicked. I'm like, these are your children. Yeah. This is the time when you need to be with them. Don't let the world raise your children. Speak to them. My husband and I, we don't have children. We have a, a fur baby. But I told him, I said, if we did have children, there would be no electronics at the table. Mm -hmm. I would know who their mm -hmm. friends are. I want to mm -hmm. know where their friends' parents live. I want to know what your circle is. I want to create an environment where you can talk to me about anything, yes. Yes. you know, come to me, have the, I'd rather for you to come to me and say, mom, this is what's going on with me. Okay. Uh, let's talk about this. I want to leave that door of 
uh, communication because I'm a baby boomer. So I grew up in a time where, you know, they would give you books on half of the things that you asked about or they didn't know themselves because, you know, this is how they were raised. So, you know, so I, I like that even though you are very busy. And like I said, I see how busy you are. You're always traveling. You're always doing things, but you do spend time with your family. And I love that. And you show that, that you spend time with your family and that three-year-old, my goodness, I can imagine. I can imagine. And and the COVID babies are so, it's going to be interesting. Right. What COVID babies become 10, 20 years from now. Right. Because they're hearing mom and dad or dad and dad or mom and mom or not, whatever. Mm-hmm. They're hearing you work. Yeah. So my three-year-old, even when she was two, she said, oh, I need my phone. I need to send an email. <laughs> 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 but they hear so much more business talk. Right. They're right by your Zoom call. If not in your Zoom call, I'm talking to Microsoft <laughs> like two <laughs> weeks ago. And we're doing a Zoom call planning on how to you know, make an impact for their leaders. She's on the call. Wow. Kids have never been exposed to this level of professionalism yes. before. And it's amazing what they're going to become with it. I don't know, but it's going to be amazing. But right. it, is, it is super important. And the other thing with working from, working from home with your kids. Right. Again, we talk about self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Know your tolerance level. Know your limit level. There are some parents that say, look, we do need half a day in daycare or when it wasn't. How do we model something? How do we model some alone time for them? How do we model some, okay, now family time or now painting and arts and crafts or monitoring how much games they play. But then here's what's forgotten. As a couple, have you modeled that there's couple time? Yes. Last night, my wife and I went went out on a date Mm -hmm. and I told my daughter, hey, listen, uh, her name is Skye. Mm -hmm. Me and mommy are going out. Well, who am I going to be with? We're going to be with nanny and papa. And she got upset. You going to leave without me? Yes. I'm going to leave (laughs) without you. Because one of the things that in seven ways to love, I talk about getting your triangle right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when I was a marriage counselor, this is what I told people. Whatever you put on the top of your triangle will run your life. Wow. Typically, and this is a generalization. Mm-hmm. Okay, so please say don't email me hate mail because I said, what I said. <laughs> this is a generalization and mostly true. Men would come in mm-hmm. and say, well, I work, work, work all the time. I don't understand what the problem is. Right. And I said, hmm, can you say that again? And you see the light bulb start to flicker. Mm-hmm. And contrastly, most, not all women would come in and say, well, my life revolves around the kids. I don't mm-hmm. understand what the problem is. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is whatever goes on the top of your triangle is running your life. And what are you saying to the other people or your person in your life when it's work or the other kids and work can go Ask COVID kids are supposed to leave at some point. And right. now you're stuck without work and kids with a stranger that you've been neglecting and everything's supposed to be OK now. <laughs> yeah, it makes a lot of sense. What I like that you told me is, see, a lot of people don't realize being a homemaker, being a wife raising children is a hard job. It's a hard job. And when you were divorced and single there for a while, raising children, you got to see that world. Mm -hmm. You got to see what it is that women do that stay home and raise children. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, especially if you have children of different ages. I don't know how they do it. Eight, five, and one. Yeah. It was the... Being a single parent is the hardest job in the world. Yes. Done right. Mm-hmm. It's the hardest job in the world. And I worked uh, in, in mental health at, in, in alternative schools. So we had, I had a large portion of the summer off. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're home with me. 
<laughs> it was like COVID living, but you know, with three, and it, it was, and it's actually one of the reasons that I started uh, my charity. So I have my business, but I have the Andre Young Foundation, mm-hmm. and going through that hardest time, going through divorce and all of that child support. I was make, I was working three jobs at one point. Wow, and I was making. You know, by the time the deductions and mm-hmm. you know, your check being garnished with student loans that I couldn't pay, plus child oh. support and working and things like that, I was making five hundred dollars every two weeks working three jobs. Oh wow! I had twenty dollars, thirty dollars to feed my kids every two weeks. Oh wow! Uh, I lost twenty five pounds. I, I got a skin rash. It's gone now. I got a skin rash. It's gone now. <laughs> but it's called Uticardia from mm-hmm. the acidity of too many tomatoes because that's all I could afford. We ate spaghetti almost every meal. Mm. So I had a coworker. Not even a friend, a coworker. Understood, he knew what I was going through, one of the few people. And he gave me 20 bucks. And he said, I want you to take your kids out to eat. I don't want you to worry about where the bill, you know, paying a mm-hmm. bill. Take your kids out to eat. And it was the most humbling experience because as a person, as a man, I didn't want to take it. Of course. Me. Of course. To this day, Felicia, you guys listening, it would allow me the best yes I've ever given. Wow. Took my kids out and we got pizza, still tomato sauce, right? We got, we got pizza, but 20 bucks, you know, mm-hmm. it allowed me to feel like a provider again. Mm-hmm. But then my son asked me, dad, can we have soda? Mm. And I got to say yes to that. Wow. Because we drank water out of the spigot for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. It was the best yes I've ever given to this day. So I started the Andre Young Foundation and we give gift cards to families in transition. You go through a divorce or separation, you have kids. We want to give those families gift cards to fund things in the community. Go have fun. Smile. Don't worry about where the money's coming from. Treat yourself. Enjoy yourself. I love it. And uh, you know, it's been it's been great. And that's grown. Where now we have we we partnered with Bob's discount furniture. <laughs> So we furnish a, a, a room in a house or a house once a year for a family. We have oh, wow. uh, a, the Sherry Young Award, an Entrepreneur Award, because I started my business with nothing. Wow. With nothing. And then I, once I made $1,000, I mm-hmm. kept recycling that $1,000. That's what you have to do. Right? So, mm-hmm. But if we can give somebody, we don't give money, but if mm-hmm. we can provide web team services, help you get your LLC while you're going through this transition, let's do that. Right. Right. You know what? And that's a lot of stuff that we do, Andre, in our organization. I don't know if you're aware, but we, uh, the um, PWNC Foundation, our nonprofit, we partnered with Grow With Google. We are Google community partners. And what we do through that, um, 18 years and older, uh, they can apply. But we have been awarded to give Google uh, career certificate scholarships. And the scholarships are to technical positions, IT, web design, e-commerce and marketing. So, um, you know, keep us in mind. Keep us in mind. Maybe we can help your foundation in some kind of way. Um, We're working in the underserved communities, the low income communities, veterans and people that are looking to get back into that field. And you don't have to have any experience. It's a six month program online, requires 10 hours a week. Once you graduate, you get a certificate from Google and you're able to apply to a job to Google or one of their 150 affiliate companies. So definitely keep us in mind. But we're going to be wrapping up shortly. But before we do, um, what are the projects and speaking engagements are you presently working on that you can share with us? Sure. Um, well, like I mentioned before, leadership and work-life harmony. Yeah, so just have one-offs. Mm-hmm. So I typically uh, you know, travel 
to do the leader seven. So those seven languages that we talked about, uh, mm-hmm. how to manage change, the change you want, think you want, and don't want professionally or personally. How do you lead through that? Right. And then one of the biggest ones that have come is uh, the evolve in five, evolve your leadership in five. And mm-hmm. there's five powerful concepts that I know every organization needs, but I love meeting with the person first and say, what do you want to get out of it? And we make these five customizable. I know what the first two need, but okay. you know, we may be able to be customizable. One of the things that I keep getting asked about now more than ever Mm-hmm. is how do you lead through burnout? Mm. So just constructed something for that. And then I have the bigger programs with multiple touches. I believe in multiple touches, mm-hmm. multiple cohorts. So many organizations want to give the best training in the world to their C-suite mm-hmm. who make time not to, they say to, they're too busy to go, mm-hmm. your middle management and your emerging leaders, but then you leave out your front line. So multiple cohorts for leadership and work-life harmony, because you're going to typically promote from your front line anyway, and then say, well, they don't know how to lead. And I said, well, why would they? Mm -hmm. So how do you have cohorts for everybody, but also multiple touches for accountability? And then an online pre-recorded version, because how about some ongoing shorter lunch and learns to go with the program uh, that you can use throughout your entire organization? So there's such a menu, but like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. what's your pain? Yes. If I have the medicine, Here's the medicine. Let's customize the medicine. Let's create the medicine. Or right. I say, hey, let's refer because I don't do that or have that medicine, but I might know somebody who does. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I just want to say congratulations on your most recent book, The Leader's Toolbox. I got to get it. And everything that you're doing. I love seeing your work and influencing others. So before we go and before uh, I ask you to let everyone know how they can get in contact with you, I want to leave you with an Andre quote. <laughs> Bodies get the job done today, but the right people create the culture you desire for tomorrow. Mm. Be mindful. Mm. So thank you, Andre, for being on today. Let everyone know how they can get in contact with you. Uh, Thank you so much, Felicia. It was a pleasure. Thank you guys for listening. Easiest way to get in contact with me is at youevolvingnow.com. Y-O-U, evolvingnow.com. From there, uh, you know, you can reach out check out different things there. Let's connect on a Zoom call. Love the chat and hear more about you. Uh, you can go to LinkedIn at You Evolving Now or Andre Young. Instagram, You Evolving Now. And of course, Facebook, Andre Young. Uh, now, I do have the same name as Dr. Dre. I keep waiting to get <laughs> one of his checks in the mail. So, <laughs> but I promise you, I am there. And I look forward to speaking with each and every one of you, if you like. Wonderful. So everyone, thank you for joining us today. If you would like to sponsor a show or know about sponsorship opportunities, sponsor ads for your business and so on, please reach out to us at unapologeticallyme50 at gmail. That's unapologeticallyme50 at gmail.com. If you'd like to ask questions to be included in our next show, please send that also to unapologeticallyme50 at gmail.com. Have a wonderful rest of your July. I'll talk to you next month with another fabulous guest. Take care. Stay well. Bye, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Unapologetically Me with Felicia Schenken. New shows come out every month, so keep checking back for our new content on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again very soon.